Getting sober requires a lot more than mind over matter, a lot more than willpower. It's about leveraging the support around you. People in recovery typically need a mix of medical help, emotional support, and changes in lifestyle to manage their addiction, not just mental determination. As both a therapist and someone embracing the recovery lifestyle, there's one tool I always recommend to people needing extra accountability, Soberlink. Soberlink is a high-tech breath analyzer system designed to help you get and stay sober. And here's why I love it. You'll test the same day every day, eliminating testing anxiety. Friends and family receive instant test results, helping you rebuild trust and preventing relapse. Accountability is a part of that, and it's something to really be embraced. Devices have built-in facial recognition, so your support circle knows you're testing, and tamper-resistant sensors flag any attempts at trying to beat the system, so your sobriety is never questioned. So let 2024 be your best year yet. Visit Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M to sign up and receive $50 off your device. That's Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M. And let accountability be your guide. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We are on to a, another episode of the Addicted Mind podcast. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm your host. And our guest today is Kim Bemis, and he is going to talk about his online platform called Gobi that is designed for teens and parents who are struggling with maybe an addiction or maybe just some substance use that is not an addiction yet. It is about prevention and it is a platform for teens and parents to navigate the difficult conversations about substance misuse and help teens get the skills needed to navigate that in a healthy way and helps parents support their teenagers who might be struggling with it or are experimenting with it. It sounds like an incredibly great program. It was great to talk to Kim and have him talk about all of this program that he's put together to help teens and parents stop addiction before it starts. And what's awesome is that this program is totally supported by donations. So it is free for parents and teens to get involved, which I think is just amazing and wonderful to be able to get these resources to anybody who needs them. So quickly, before we start this episode, I really appreciate everybody's reviews on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. It just means so much to me to be able to read them and see them and see that people are enjoying this podcast and they're getting a lot out of it. So all of you that have written a review, thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I really appreciate it. It really does help the Addicted Mind podcast get found by others. So thank you so much. And also think about joining our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and type in the Addicted Mind podcast, click join and continue the conversation online. All right, everyone. Let's go ahead and start this episode. 
Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Addicted Mind Podcast. My guest today is Kim Bemis, and he is going to talk about a couple different things. We're going to talk about preventative care for teens who are struggling with substance use or maybe experimenting with substance use. And we're going to talk about his platform, Gobi, which is for kids, younger adults who need support in the addictive field. So, Kim. Great. Well, thank you. And, and thank you for having me on, on the podcast today. And I, so, uh, as I said, my name is Kim Bemis. I am a person in long-term recovery, which means for me, I haven't smoked marijuana or used alcohol for 34 years. Wow. Congratulations. So I come by some of this work quite honestly, and uh, I have been working in the uh, addiction field, mostly on the business side of the equation for uh, about 17 years now. Okay. All right. So some of this work comes out of your own personal experience. So uh, yes, I am the graduate of four teenagers who are now all adults. Our youngest is 25. Wow. And so I am an entrepreneur by trade, and I have started several businesses. I started my uh, addiction work at the Hazelden Foundation, now Hazelden Betty Ford in 2005, and actually originally worked with them on the first post-treatment online support program wow. called the My Online Recovery, the MORE program. Anyway, it was uh, the first program that was launched in 2006 for post-treatment support. It was an 18-month program included with a recovery coach and content and it was well ahead of its time, but it was a very, very well done program. And in having conversations with the software company that built that, they said, you know, this is really wonderful, but this is for only for the people who have gone to treatment, especially gone to treatment at Hazelden. Right, right. And we have this whole funnel full of people who don't really understand if they've got a problem or not. So this this whole platform, Gobi, and, and all of your experience flowed out of your own personal experience with addiction. Yes. And then you yes. have all this experience with treatment, working with people who are struggling with addiction, bringing that knowledge and bringing your entrepreneurial skill to, yes. to help people. Yes. Yes. So I was looking at when I was at Hazel and I was you know, trying to find, actually, I was trying to find a way for adults who were struggling but not picking up the phone to go to treatment. Right. And in the process of that, I talked to the head of publishing and I said, what do we have for adults? And they said, well, we don't have anything for adults per se, but we have a teen program called Teen Intervene and was written by a guy named Ken Winters, who happens to be here at the University of Minnesota. And unfortunately, due to the recession in 2008, I left Hazelden but a few years later was approached by somebody who was trying to support teens in recovery. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, I get all these calls from parents who have just caught their kid, you know, with drugs or alcohol. And I said, ha, have I got an online program for you? Right. So we started working together because even, you know, my kids were all, you know, experimenting. And uh, one kid I was, you know, out in the backyard grilling and I sent him a text saying dinner's going to be in 10 minutes. And my phone goes back off and it says, no, hey, guys, I'm just going to smoke this bowl. And then I'm going, <laughs> then I'm going, whoops. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, you know, probably didn't want to send me this text. 
Oh boy. And I, I mean, I would imagine this is such, uh, you know, for parents, you're looking out for kids. We understand addiction is such a huge problem. And as a parent, finding your teenager experimenting or even struggling with an addiction, whatever it is, is really scary and, and mm-hmm. overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. You don't know how to handle it. You don't have any resources. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, as I say in some, in some of my emails, nobody got the handbook on how to deal with your teenager who is experimenting with substances. Right. Right. So this this kind of grew out of some of your own experience, your own. Exactly. It sounds like on many faceted levels, you know, your own experience with addiction, your own recovery, working in the addiction field and then being a parent of all these kids, <laughs> you know, it's it's going to come up. Yes. It, you know, and so the one thing that I, I knew we needed to do is that we needed to make it phone friendly. Right. So when I met this person, we started putting together some content and I went over to the University of Minnesota and I met Ken and we started talking and he's been an advisor to me for uh, low these many years. And so the, the content that we created out of this is based on the best principles of intervention that we could find, you know, motivational interviewing, cognitive behavioral therapy, those kinds of principles. But we created the content and then we got kids to actually rewrite the clinical language. So it didn't sound so clinical. Right, right. The whole program is based on, it's a 21-day program. It's really aimed at those kids who have begun to experiment with some substance, drinking mostly marijuana these days. Right, right. And, and so as, as you said exactly, a, a parent discovers their teen is experimenting and their hair goes on fire. Right, it's right. It's 2 o'clock in the morning and they're on Google and they don't know what to do. Right. And they're looking at everything and they're panicking. So you really saw this as, as an opportunity where these parents needed, needed support. They needed some kind yes. of help. So let's talk yeah. a little bit. So our listeners can understand what we're kind of talking about and, sure. and we can start to look at like why you chose to do certain things in certain ways and, and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. the problems that come up with, with, with this issue in this niche of, of yes. teen experimenting and use and teen use. But first, just give me an overview of this program. So sure. we know what we're talking about and then we can kind of go into some of these unique problems that this program can help tackle. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay. So the, the program, as I said, is, is uh, covers 21 days. And there's content for both the teen and the, and the parents. Right. And this is completely all online. This is like all online. on a phone. And it's, and, it's, and it's free. And it's free. I want to talk about that, that as well, because that's, that's huge. Okay. So each day the teen gets texted an assignment, either through a text message or through our app. The assignments are short answer, long answer, multiple choice, or activities. They also get a reminder meme sometime later. Uh, hopefully those are irreverent and funny. The teens all picked them out. But it kind of helps them remind them to do the assignment if they, you know, 
Right. One of the things is that the, the texts come at various times in the day, just so that it's not always the same time. Right. So it's kind of like uh, breaking it up so they don't get like kind of yeah, just ignore it. Research, research shows that there's much higher compliance if it's at different times. If, it, if it's always at noon, you tend to forget it. Yeah. But if it's at two o'clock or at 10 o'clock or eight o'clock in the evening, you, know, you have a higher compliance rate. Parents get 21 days of email support. And that content was created with an organization that educates parents and adults in substance misuse and then customized through the over a thousand families who have done the program. Wow. We monitor the whole thing with a licensed counselor because teens need to know that somebody's paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Because clearly they wouldn't do it if they, they didn't. And actually we need to, we need to poke the parents more than the teens often to do their assignments because some of the email support that the parents have also include assignments for them to do. Most importantly is three of the assignments that we get the parents and teens to do are to take walks together. Right. And teens have a very hard time with body language. So those conversations in the kitchen or in the bedroom get to be very uh, complicated. And if you get them outside and get them walking, it sort of takes the body language thing out of, out of the way. We got our teens to write the questions that the, each side has to answer. And that's really where we hear from parents where the, the gold happens, where they start to talk to their kid again. And what we're really trying to do is to get kids and parents to rehab that conversation that maybe they didn't have in the beginning and kind of reestablish what's going on. You know, we all think that we should, you know, let our teenagers go and grow up and actually we need to pay a little more attention to them right we need to really watch what's going on yeah you know with a distance but you need to know what's going on right right wow so this program all online all on a mobile device and it's free and it involves the whole system so it involves the parents and the children and they're all working together on this through this 21 day program. So what might be a person or a teen that comes into this program? Why why would they reach out and what might it look like or what do you what is your experience with that? Well, the teen uh, has scrape marks from being dragged into it. Okay. <laughs> so most of the time, the teens are like, I don't want to do this. What are you talking about? I don't want to do this. Uh, it's 99% of the time, it's the parents who are reaching out. So right. our, our really target is, is, is parents who are looking for support. Yeah, to be honest with you, probably 90% of the people who contact us are regarding marijuana these days. And marijuana is not the drug that... I smoked many thousand years ago. It's a much more potent and much more complicated drug. Um, right. And, you know. It's quite different than, 90, it, than it was yeah. a while ago. Yeah. You know, vaping right. 90% THC can be a, is, is a serious issue. So. Right. It, it's definitely not the same. So most of the time the parents are reaching out. They, they yeah. find you guys and they're like, oh, my gosh, I've discovered my teen is vaping THC and I don't know what to do. And then they're they're yes. introduced to this program that starts them to involve their teen and starts to involve them, giving them the skills to kind of walk through this or educate them. Yeah. It's really skills. It's you know what we're really trying to do is you know we don't talk about how evil substance use is. 
we really try to focus on building skills. How do you handle peer pressure? How do you handle stress? You know, one of the things that we're proud of is some of the results are that over 50% of the kids who complete the program say they've found a better way to handle stress or a different way to handle stress. Okay. Okay. You know, handling stress and peer pressure are big issues with teens because, you know, school's complicated and peer pressure is there and friends are involved. And so, you know, these are skills that we try to help kids develop and work on during the course of the program. What are some of the themes that come up for these kids who come into this program? What are some of the big hurdles that they're dealing with? Or what do you see as you start to to have all these kids walking through this program? So that's, that's a really good question. So, you know, we tend to see kids who are, so we ask the question sort of, you know, why are you doing this? And a lot of them are bored or not challenged or not doing enough or, you know, need some other kind of, or, or their friends are all doing it. You know, we actually recently also added specific tracks for kids who may be having anxiety or depression. Right. Okay. As ways to, and using primarily marijuana to deal with their symptoms of anxiety and depression. And, you know, using an addictive substance is not a good idea. Right. And especially at that age, you know, when you're, right. when you're young and your brain is developing and you're not learning the skills to deal with anxiety or stress or, yeah, peer pressure, and you don't have the skill set to know how to deal with it, it's easy to run to right. something really quick that works right away. Yeah, and, and they all say, well, you know, it makes me feel better. And I'm sure it does until, of course, we know that it doesn't. Right. You know, that's the addicted part of that. So. I see addiction as sort of a nature-nurture issue. I'm sure you've talked to many people in your show who, you know, tasted their drug of choice and should have gone straight to treatment. Right. That fast code. Yeah. Collect $200. Yeah. Uh, there are other ones like me. You know, I developed my addiction over a period of time. Yeah. You know, it was one of those things at one point I discovered I just couldn't stop. I was smoking pot every day and, I, I you know, I couldn't get through life without doing it. Right. It's how you're, you you knew how to how to cope with life. It's like your brain needed that, your body needed that, your spirit needed that just to function. Right. So, you know, if we can, what I'm really hoping is that we can disrupt the cycle for some of these kids and give them a way, uh, you know, a different way of handling some of these pressures and ideas so that they don't turn to, you know, they don't, don't end up like me and, and ending up being addicted. Now, Sometimes what we're trying to also trying to do, you know, is help parents understand that maybe there's a bigger problem. Right. And, you know, those kids that don't finish the program or drop out of the program probably need a higher level of care. So then you can move them into something else or help the parents find some other resources. I'm curious about like teen engagement into this and making sure that it engages them on, I guess, that teen level or that teen way of thinking or the way they experience the world, which is very different. You know, we're, we're mm-hmm. a little bit older, so we didn't experience the world through cell phones, and, and they do. Yes. And so I'm wondering about yes. that and getting compliance and getting them to do it and, and bringing them into this process of discovery. Well, so what we have found now, and we've had, as of right now, we have almost 1,400 families that have done the program. 
we get an, a, a sort of an extraordinary compliance rate, which is 65% of the kids complete the program. Wow, that is, that's amazing. I think that that's true for two reasons. Well, maybe three. One is these are easy. They're five to 10 minutes a day. It doesn't take a long time. Two, I, I think that it was extremely important decision to engage teens in the creation of the content. So it sounds like it's coming from another. We get high grades from teens who say, this, this sounds like teens. Right, right. And we're not clinicians asking them clinical questions. Right. And the really interesting thing is they all say, I'm, I'm willing to be really honest online. I mean, I'm willing to really answer these questions. Yeah. Because nobody's looking over my shoulder. I don't have that body language issue. I'm not talking to my parents or a therapist or somebody else. I'm, I'm really willing to be honest here. So of the 65% of the kids who complete the program, 70% say they're willing to consider reducing or eliminating their substance use. Wow. So that's, that's really great. And so they're really, they're really open online. And, and I'm, I'm sure for a lot of them, I think of my own kids, they're still young. They're not quite, they're getting close to teenagers. And um, I'm definitely, this is, yeah. This is definitely, you know, the, as a parent, comes up in my own radar and is, yeah. is kind of scary. And you worry about it and you, you know, you worry about your kids. You love your kids, right? Yeah. But I'm, I'm imagining they, they've lived much of their life online. And so that feels probably really, really comfortable for them to be able to express themselves in that way and, and open up and start to get feedback. Yes. Yes. No. And. We think that there is a potentially this has a larger clinical use. School counselors, therapists, the hard part is getting the teen to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so if the kid can come back next week and there are some assignments that he's completed online, and you as the therapist can then come back and say, well, tell me a little bit more about this issue or that issue, at least it begins to open the door and gets the kid to start talking. So it's kind of like a gentle way to get past that first piece of reluctance to like, uh, you know, I don't want to talk. I don't know yeah. you. It's kind of like it opens yeah, the door. Exactly. It opens a possibility for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what we're trying to, and, try to work on. Right? And then another question I have is when you start talking to the parents, what are they doing in conjunction with this that helps their teen? So what are they learning? So that they're, you know, they're going to help their kid, their child. That's also a great question. You know, some of the skills that we that we talk about are are obviously motivational listening and interviewing with parents. That's, uh, okay. that's a big skill. So that they really get a chance to listen and not knee-jerk react. Right, right, right. The other thing is we talk a lot about trust because, you know, I trusted you to be a good kid. And, you know, you come back in at two o'clock in the morning, yada, yada, yada. And so there's a huge trust issue. And how do you rebuild trust? And we also need, and, and this is really important, to, to get parents to take care of themselves as well. Ah. Because oftentimes parents are very focused on getting their kid better, but they're not doing anything to support themselves. Right, right, yeah. Well, some of the resources that we have on our website and in the emails that we do talk about parent resources as well, other parent programs, parent coaching, because parents need help too. I mean, we all need help through this phase of our life. And 
the kids eventually do grow up, but you know, you need to take care of yourself as well. So, right. So it's like a whole systems approach. You're improving the Mm -hmm. whole, whole system. So I'd love to know, like, you know, of parents and teenagers who have kind of gone through this whole program, how do you see that manifest in their relationships together as a whole family? Well, we do, obviously, everything is voluntary with our program. And we do send out a 30 and a 90 day follow up. Don't get many 90 day follow ups, but we get some 30 day follow ups. And the majority of the kids at 30 days say they have a better relationship with their parents. Wow. So we, we did a little more research earlier. We, you know, we ask a series of questions in the very first day and then the, ver- and the, and the very last day, the same set of questions. And I recently rescored that. And you know, 50% of the kids said they're getting into fewer arguments with their parents and that their parents are beginning, you know, they're beginning to have a better relationship with their parents. And, you know, that's really key here. Yeah. You know, being able to get that conversation started again. And, you know, we are specifically not an abstinence program. We're a harm reduction program. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't tell a 16-year-old kid that they can never drink again. Right, right. I mean, that makes sense because if you do that, it's just, it's, it probably isn't going to work. It's not going to fly. And I like the harm reduction approach because it's, it's everybody gets to make their decision of what's right for them and what fits for them, which most people want to, I believe, live their best life. They want to do it. I mean, we're motivated to do it. We may not have the skills to be able to do it in this moment, but we can learn them. We can grow. We can change. And, and teens are, are going to have some experimenting. Yeah. And that's part of being a teenager. As we like to say, sometimes in the program, we have good days and we have growing days. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, teens have growing experiences and they need to be able to to have some failure and to do some experimenting. And But if they have a safe place to talk about it and they have a safe yeah. place to come in and go, I did this experiment, whatever it was, and... And I'm struggling or it didn't work or, uh, you know, I don't know if it's right or I'm worried about it or whatever. And they can talk to somebody and this opens the door for them to explore that. I mean, that's that's really awesome. No, it's great. And, and so one of the things I just wanted to circle back with and with parents, the thing that's important, and especially with younger kids, we do this as an exercise in 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 our program is we encourage parents to have a conversation with their kid about rules and consequences, especially in the very beginning. You know, this is really a, a much better prevention issue than an intervention issue. But to be very clear, to say, if you smoke marijuana, you'll lose something. You know, you, right. you, you want to set up the consequence. Obviously, it needs to be age appropriate. You know, if the kid's driving, taking his bike away isn't going to work. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but you need to be able to do that in advance. Right. Up front, because kids are going to fail. They're going to try this stuff. They're going to do it. And then you don't have, then your hair doesn't go on fire. <laughs> right. Because right. you set ground rules ahead of time. So it's so, talked about, you know what the expectations are. Right, exactly. And then you take the phone, you know, if it, and, and, you know, I mean, we recommend phones because that seems to be the biggest issue. 
right? right? Kids right. live on their phones. So they do the behavior and you have the consequence and you've got to enforce the consequence for whatever the period of time is. So if it's two weeks, it's two weeks and you take the phone away and you hand it back two weeks later. Right. But then you're not caught in that kind of craziness that happens. Oh, my God, what's going on? I didn't know anything about. I mean, you know, and, some of that comes up. And the team knew that this would be a consequence right, of right, right. their choice that they're that they're making. I mean, the team knew yes. this, so they're making that decision. And it's not all of a sudden, you've done this, now I'm taking away your phone. It's like, you right. knew that if you did this, your phone would be right. gone. And so... I guess it would be harder for them to like begrudge that because in a way they made that decision. Right. And they knew it up front. Right. And they knew it up front. So, and that teaches, you know, once again, that teaches, I think responsibility and understanding the consequences and thinking through your actions. It gives them that learning, that ability to learn and go, you know, if I make this choice, this is, this is a consequence. And there's a considerable amount of research that shows the clearer you are about that messaging up front the less likely you'll, you know, your kid is going to use. Oh, that's um, interesting. Right. So, so that that's a message for parents right now to be able to say, hey, make these things very explicit now. Yes. So that your child knows the consequences of their choices and there's no, you don't have to discuss it later. And being able to open that conversation, I think as parents sometimes, you know, it's like, let's just put our head in the sand and hope for the best. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's so well, tempting. Well, it's hard. You know, it's a hard discussion. It's a hard thing to yeah. have. And, yeah. But you but you want to be able to do that up front. And the sooner, the better. Sixth, seventh grade is not too early to start because it starts in eighth grade and rapidly expands in ninth grade. Wow. So really having this set even before those ages so that this conversation is had and talked about and set out. So you set this framework for your kids right away. And the discussion is already out there. It's already open. It is a topic that is permissible to talk about. Well, yeah, there's a, you know, for teens, we see a huge transition between middle school and high school. So there's a whole new group of friends. It's generally a different school. You know, there, there are a lot more kids. It becomes a different kind of right deal. And so there is a whole new fitting in process again of, you know, wanting to, you know, find your group and peer pressure, et cetera. So there's a sort of big transition at 15, 16 that begins to happen and, so having this discussion, that's why I say in middle school, prepares you for the high school years when there's a lot of peer pressure and, and stress going on. All right. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a, a, an incredible resource. So you were saying earlier that this is a, this is a free program for people to do. So h- how does that happen and how do you do that and how do you make that happen? Because it sounds like this is a big program. So how is it supported? Well, you know, we ask parents for donations. I mean, we are a nonprofit. We are do rely on parent support. And, you know, we raise money from like-minded individuals who are have experienced recovery and are looking for ways to give back. Wow. Raising money in the addiction addiction field is is hard. Not a lot of grant money out there for it. Right. While we are based in Minneapolis, we cover all 50 states. So we're too geographically diverse for local 
right. uh, local groups and we're not big enough for national groups. So mostly this is through individual donations. So parents, if they go through this program and they can, they can donate or anybody out there could donate to your program to yes. uh, make this free for any teen or parent that needs this support. I think that's amazing. I think that's great. Yes. 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 Please. You know, we're happy to help. So. Wow. I mean, this sounds like such a great resource and so incredibly okay. valuable and easy to not, I guess, easy to access, maybe not easy to do. I mean, I'm sure some of the questions are hard. You have to really think in, in certain ways, but easy to access and get this resource for your teenager or yourself to be able to understand this. Uh, yeah, you know, we're really one of the very early and first sort of front end process. There are a lot of people in, in the recovery world who are chasing the post-recovery, post-treatment right. support deal. Uh, you know, we're really trying to see if we can uh, help divert kids from going to treatment. Right. So this is a really a preventative. Yeah, I call it early intervention because, you know, it's really aimed at, we, we actually do have a 10-day prevention program for kids who haven't started using, but this is really the the vast majority of this is parents, as you said, who I don't know what to do. All of a sudden, I found my kid. Yeah, yeah, doing this. Found a vape in his back. You know, I can't tell you how many times I get. I found a, I found a vape in his backpack, and I don't know what to do. Right, and I, and I'm scared to death. And oh my gosh, uh, I need some yeah. support. And here's something that they can start out right away with, and and do, and and hopefully mm-hmm. start them on that road to some kind of, not recovery, but, you know, some kind of process that that helps them live their best life and gives them the skills that they need and steers them yeah. clear from... It opens, it opens the conversation in the family so that they can figure out what their rules are yeah. around it. Yeah, definitely. Well, okay, before you go, because we're getting up on our time here, right. I usually like to yes. ask one one question to my guests. <laughs> don't worry, don't panic. But it's um, if, if maybe a parent is listening or maybe a teen is listening and you could tell them one thing, you'd want to say one thing to them out there, what would you want to tell them? What would you want to say? What, what message would you want to give them? You know, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I, what, what immediately comes up for me going back to the early deal that we talked about, you know, the, marijuana is not the drug that you think it is. Right. It's not just a weed. Right. You know, this is a genetically modified processed drug and it has, it's much more complicated than what it used to be. Right. And parents and teens should take it seriously. Right. And it needs to be addressed. This is a serious issue and this is a serious please pay issue. attention. <laughs> please pay attention. Yeah, absolutely. So where can people find your program if they, if they want access to this or they're struggling with this or they just want to learn more or they even want to donate to your program, which I think would be awesome? How can they find you? Everything is at www.gobi.support. All right. Awesome. I will. So that's our website and everything is there. You can see resources you can see uh examples of the program you, you know everything donate 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 <laughs> yeah please donate I mean, this, this program sounds amazing and it's it's so um Thank you. it's it's preemptive and i i love that it's giving people skills they need before they have to go through all of the other pain and hurt and suffering that addiction can cause 
And maybe, you know, with this yes. program, some people will just be steered away from that and they won't have to ever go down that, that path. And, and that's, a, that's amazing. So that's, that's what we hope. Yeah. Kim, thank you so much for coming on to the Addicted Mind podcast. I just, I appreciate it. I appreciate what you're doing. I, I think it's, it's really amazing. Thank you. Really uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk about our program and, and best of luck. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode and listening to the Addicted Mind podcast. As usual, all the show notes will be at theaddictedmind.com. And get all the links there, especially if you want to donate to this program to continue this very important work. I think that's awesome. So I'm so glad they came on the show and talked about it and to get the word out about it, because I think it's going to help a lot of teens. I think it does help a lot of teens and parents navigate this difficult topic and walk through this with the support and skills needed. And don't forget, if you are enjoying the Addicted Mind podcast, please share it with a friend or write a review in iTunes. I really appreciate it. And join our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and type in the Addicted Mind podcast and click join. All right, everyone, have a wonderful day. And I will talk to you on the next episode. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.